This episode is sponsored by The Principal Center. The Principal Center is a provider of professional development for high-performance instructional leadership. Go to the website principalcenter.com. On this website, you can find a lot of resources and services on leadership. And now, let's go to today's podcast. Welcome to the podcast Research in Leadership in Schools, Early Childhood Settings and Social Care Settings. Today we are going to listen to an interview that I have conducted with Michael Abel. Enjoy the interview. Today I am sitting here at the McCormick Center for Early Childhood Leadership. It's a part of the National Lewis University in Chicago. And with me is Dr. Michael Abel. He is the Director of Research and Evaluation here at the McCormick Center. But uh, yeah, first of all, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So, we are going to talk about some of your research which you have conducted in the field of leadership in early childhood centers. We have a limited time, we have only 25 minutes, so I have asked you to pick out one article or one team that you have done your research on. So, what's kind of the thing you have picked out? Um, I'd like to talk today about a study that I'm right in the middle of. It's really a mixed methods study, Mm. but um, I've completed the first phase of that, which is a national principles survey on early childhood instructional leadership. So we've been taking a look to examine the landscape and to kind of scan um, the nature of, of instructional leadership that are located in schools, particularly in pre-K programs. Mm. So these are not kind of um, early childhood centers, these are schools, elementary schools. Elementary schools, that's right. Mm. But the elementary schools that have pre-K programs embedded within the schools. Okay. And, and when you say instructional leadership, what, what do you understand with that term? <laughs> Well, it's really pedagogical leadership in the fact that um, how can they support teaching and learning in those classrooms? Hmm. Yeah, so, so this study, is it a qualitative study or quantitative study? The first phase of this, the survey itself was a quantitative study. And so um, we partnered with um, the National Uh, Association of Elementary School Principals, NAESP, and surveyed their members. And we also worked with the New America, which is an advocacy organization that conducts research in the United States and takes a look closely at policy issues. So those three organizations worked together to develop this study and to examine um, uh, principal leadership across the United States. Hmm. 
And how many um, uh, participants do you have in the survey? Um, we had um, uh, we had the respondents were um, four hundred. We had four hundred and fifty nine respondents mm. uh, to the survey, okay. but not all of those, of course, were. Um, from schools that had pre-K, so we really were only interested in the schools that had uh, preschool classrooms embedded in their schools. Huh. So our actual uh, uh, sample size was 321 schools. Oh, okay. And what's kind of the main finding in this study? What's most important to me that I wanted to find out from this study was to determine who are the individuals in the schools that were providing instructional leadership. We certainly, if you were to ask a principal or you would go to a school and say, who's the instructional leader of your school? Most people would say, oh, of course that's the principal because that's what everyone expects. He's the principal teacher, he's the principal person that understands pedagogy and how teaching and learning should occur. Mm. And indeed, that we found that as well. Mm. But we also know that, especially when it comes to um, pre-K classrooms, sometimes principals are not prepared uh, to provide the necessary leadership. They don't have the specialization that's needed to provide mm. the leadership in, in preschool classrooms with three and four-year-old children. And, um, and often that, is, that leadership is distributed to other individuals either within the school or throughout the school district. Mm. And you kind of mapped out then who are these people who take on the role of we did so we, we um, looked at at many many different types of instructional roles and then surveyed schools to find out if they could identify um, who were the kinds of people that were providing different role functions. So we asked them, who is the primary person in your school that, provi that provides this particular type of a role or performs this particular type of a function hmm. in the school. Hmm. So the, the leadership roles that we were asking for included the principal and assistant principal and uh, uh, consultants, early childhood directors, curriculum coordinators, special education coordinators, literacy coordinators, quality managers, um, teacher leaders, other kinds of specialists that might. So we had a long list of those. Mm. And then we were asking them about a number of types of functions, like uh, who, who does the formal teacher evaluation, uh, who provides observation, feedback, and support, um, uh, who makes sure that there's uh, professional development is provided for the staff, um, how do you, how, who is responsible for fostering collegiality among the teachers? Hmm. How do you build mentor relationships? Who is looking at curriculum implementation? Um, who's aligning the curriculum along the pre-K to third grade continuum? Uh, how are they ensuring that a set child assessment is happening with fidelity? Um, 
who is responsible for establishing data systems that the teachers use, supporting family engagement, and uh, uh, garnering support from community partners. Mm. So those were the different kinds of uh, roles functions, yeah. the role functions that we were particularly interested in finding out about. And we asked the survey respondents to align that with all of those different titles within their school. Hmm. Because we really didn't know who were the primary people that were providing those kinds of instructional leadership in the schools. Exactly. Hmm, yeah. <clears throat> and, and, and which people kind of came out as the top? So we had five that emerged. Of course, the principal, and the principal was was the main person in most cases. But in addition to the principal, we found four other roles that emerged as the primary, as primary instructional leaders. And that was a title that, that is often called the early childhood director. Mm. And so it, it could be that the, within a district, you have a building that is specified or designated for early childhood only. And so in those buildings, certainly, they had a person that was often called the early childhood director. Or it could be an early childhood director within a building where there are multiple classrooms and they need, they call, they had an individual person that specializes in early childhood and they provided that, that uh, role. Hmm. The second person that emerged was an early childhood coordinator, but that person was specifically at the district level. Hmm. So they were responsible for overseeing early childhood functions in multiple schools across the school district. The third person that emerged was the early childhood curriculum coordinator, also at the district level. And then the the fourth other person, in addition to the principal, was teacher leader. Mm. And, and it was particularly interesting that teacher leaders um, were found to be significantly different in communities of practice, supporting family engagement, and establishing community partnerships. So we see that role of teacher leader being an emerging um, piece when we think about instructional leadership concerning pre-K. Mm. And a teacher leader is a teacher kind of who is the head of a team? They have teaching responsibilities, but in addition to that, they're often given various kinds of tasks that, that um, uh, involve more leadership. Huh. It could be that they're leading a, a professional learning community, a PLC. Hmm. It could be that they are um, responsible for certain aspects of coordinating or aligning curriculum. Or maybe for one class, kind of. Um, or one grade, or the whole grade level. They oh, may yeah. be a primary sort of a master teacher to oversee and support the other teachers in the pre-K department. Oh, okay. And, and, and who of these five people were kind of the most popular person to take on the instructional leadership tasks? Well, like I said before, it really always was the principal. Of course, 
I, I have to add the caveat that the, that the people that were responding to this survey were principals. Mm. So it could be that they often said, well, I'm certainly responsible for those functions. I'm the primary person. So we were not surveying other personnel. We were only surveying principals. For, so that's really a limitation to this study. And it was this study was also limited only to um, uh, members of the National Association of Elementary School Principals. So um, we want to be real cautious about overgeneralizing these findings because of the sample size and the scope of who it was that was answering the survey. But principals emerged as the most, followed by early childhood directors and district level curriculum, uh, district level early childhood coordinators. Those were the ones that overall showed the showed that they had the most influence over instructional leadership. Mm. Was there anything here that kind of surprised you? Um, uh, yeah, I would say that. Um, I would I would say that. Um, child assessment and data systems uh, that were overseen by the early childhood director and the early childhood curriculum coordinator, those differences emerged pretty strongly, where in some cases um, they were equal to the percentage of people that, that were the principal they were equal to what the the emphasis is in with principles being um, found to be that that was kind of um, a, a surprising uh, finding as well and then and then the fact that 25 percent one quarter of the schools that responded said that the teacher leader is the person that was responsible for supporting family engagement in pre in relation to pre-k classrooms hmm. so that's remarkable um, if you think about 25 percent of the of the schools it was the teacher leader that was responsible for family engagement. And um, I, I don't know if that's a condemnation against fam about the importance of family engagement in schools or the role that they believe that, that, that it needs to be closer to that teaching experience, that you want those teachers to be more involved with helping to build family relationships and often probably... Um, uh, leadership functions regarding family in family engagement are being distributed specifically down to the teaching level teacher level and not simply um, held on in the front office and, and, and this is kind of um, family engagement task that relates to an individual family or is it kind of the overall connection between families and I mean teachers. the survey certainly didn't tease those kinds of things out but I would certainly expect when we think about family engagement uh, functions from most schools we're thinking about how do you um, one how do you help families to become involved in children's learning in their children's learning what kinds of things are happening for building relationships and 
and creating uh, opportunities for parents to understand what their children are learning and be involved in that learning, whether it's taking things home or reading or bringing things from home back to the school. How do you help parents to become interested in and involved in um, their individual child's learning experiences? Hmm. Okay, so, so we could say that kind of for teacher leaders, their main task is this family engagement. Can we then say that from your survey that the main tasks of curriculum coordinator, that's kind of the alignment of... In 30% of the schools, the curriculum coordinator, almost 30% of the schools, the curriculum coordinator was primarily responsible for aligning the curriculum along the pre-K to third grade continuum. Mm. We at the McCormick Center think that that is an absolutely important and essential role. If we're going to help children that work their way through the pre the pre-K to third grade continue, educational continuum, we think that, that, that there needs to be a lot of alignment and that it's not simply, okay, early childhood or pre-K classrooms get children ready to enter kindergarten and then they start their school experience at kindergarten, but rather that learning experience should be seamless and it's important to align the curriculum. Hmm. Many times schools um, really have, those things are very separate or siloed. And so what occurs in the preschool classroom is not very similar to what they experience when they go to kindergarten. And sometimes there's uh, additional differences between how kindergarten classrooms operate versus what they find when they get to first grade. Mm. And so um, efforts to try to make that a more seamless opportunity for children is especially important. And we're finding that district level curriculum coordinators are often given that, that assignment. Why is there a difference between the pre-K classes and the kindergarten classes? Are there kind of different professionals working there? Um, sometimes it's philosophical. Huh. So sometimes it's it's um, the the thoughts or ideas or training that teachers have about what is appropriate activities, what are what is the uh, appropriate teaching or pedagogical approach that occurs in, an, in a pre-K classroom uh, versus what they expect might happen in kindergarten or first grade. Mm. And so those perspectives make a big difference in how, the, how learning occurs and what kind of experiences children are introduced to in those classrooms and what are the expectations that teachers have for them. And, and, and when we look at the curriculum coordinators who most often do this job of aligning the curriculums. That's what this study found. But, but couldn't you argue that actually it would be better if the principal did that or someone based at the school did that so it was not like a... It's quite likely that principals, that's one particular task that they feel is important to distribute to other personnel. Mm. Principals are under a lot of pressure to get a lot of things done. And I've been following this quantitative study up with a qualitative study interviewing principals, other types of instructional leaders, and, and then conducting focus groups with 
with um, pre-K teachers. And mm-hmm. what I'm finding is that that the responsibilities that principals carry are enormous, and the expectations that they have um, on the job uh, often doesn't give them the time to provide the kind of detail that they need in in um, and frequency of of visiting in classrooms, observing teachers that are teaching in pre-K classrooms to provide guidance and support in their pedagogy. Hmm. Do do you think that it could be like this, that uh, when the principals are so busy, they have all these tasks, that they, they need to hand out something And then they maybe think, okay, instructional leadership is not so accurate, it's not so measurable. So I will kind of give that out and I will stick to the finances. Well, yes and no, because they all know that they they are under considerable pressure to ensure that they have high quality outcomes for children's learning. Hmm. And those are measurable. And so... The final responsibility for that rests with the principal, so they have to make sure that gets done. Hmm. Furthermore, they all know that that's their um, their job and their responsibility. So the degree to which that they can bring in other individuals that can help make that happen for them is essential. They still have to provide the philosophical leadership to provide um, direction and vision for how the school as a whole is moving forward in achieving their educational goals, hmm. but uh, their ability to to delegate or to distribute some of those leadership functions is an important part to, we believe is an important part to the effectiveness of the program. Hmm. Um, This particular study didn't measure child outcomes or didn't measure student performance. So we're not trying, we, in this, this was very much an exploratory study just to find out structurally how these schools are organized and who are the, who are, what are the roles that people or the titles of people that are fulfilling certain kinds of roles. Hmm. So that's kind of out of the scope of what what we're doing here but but these data kind of suggests that uh, do suggest that principals are 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 dele- delegating certain roles like uh, curriculum alignment or um, uh, in some cases they delegate professional development to the early childhood director hmm. um, you know that may be they may believe that professional development in uh, early childhood perhaps um, needs the expertise of the early childhood director over what they might do for professional development for other uh, grade levels within the school do, do, do you think that the principal will will distribute or delegate the same instructional tasks in pre-K as he will do in kind of grade one, two, three? I think it's different. Hmm. And I think that it's it's likely that they are relying on the expertise of people with specialization in early childhood and training and understanding and competency in early childhood functions they're distributing. Like, for instance, another one that popped up that was particularly um, uh, meaningful was 20% of the 
of, in 20% of the schools, it was the early childhood director that was primarily responsible for ensuring appropriate child assessment of preschool classrooms. So in those cases, 20% of those schools, the principals, you know, it was like, and, and interestingly, um, only 28% said that it was the principal that was responsible for that. Mm. So when you see that sort of almost even distribution mm. of, of schools on who is the person that's primarily responsible for child assessment in pre-K, they're really relying on someone with a specialized expertise to make sure that, that, um, that the assessment is appropriate for that age level. Okay, time is running quickly. Um, yeah, so, so, so this paper, can it be found on the internet? Or? Yes, it's available um, through National Lewis University's uh, Digital Commons. Mm. And so it's readily available there. And you can also find it on the McCormick Center's uh, website um, in their resource in their research and resource section ah okay you have talked a little bit about this qualitative study which follows up on this but other are there other research projects that you will kind of start on in the near future um, yes I, I am going to be studying um, more deeply studying this idea about the pre-k to third grade continuum and I'm looking at a number of different factors like how do we mitigate uh, fade out in the in in along the pre-k curriculum and and how do we think about um, this idea of family that idea of family engagement is particularly intriguing to me and I'm interested in learning what are some effective ways to ensure that we're fostering family engagement along the pre-k the and, and actually when I think of, of p3 I think about that in terms of it being prenatal all the way through third grade. So it, it understands all of those parts about how children develop and how they learn. Hmm. And so that we're placing an emphasis on ensuring that children have high quality experiences all along the way, even before birth. Hmm. Okay, and then the last question. So if we take this study, which advice would you give to principal about distribution of leadership task in instructional leadership? I think it's really important to um, examine and think about how am I just how how am I finding a good balance between my administrative leadership roles and my pedagogical roles, and how can I use my leadership skills to um, to best and most effectively use what I have to contribute to that and are there other people in my school or in my district that might that might be able to give it more time or be more effective and perhaps have more competency in those specific areas so I think it's valuable for principals to evaluate that to think that through and to be uh, willing to um, sort of share or distribute that leadership so that um, so that those that have the expertise have a greater voice huh. in how the 
how the pedagogy is delivered, how the curriculum is 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 created, and how that how those things are aligned with the rest of the school. Thank you, Milo. We have reached the end, so thank you very much for your participation. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the podcast Research in Leadership in Schools, Early Childhood Settings and Social Care Settings. I hope you have enjoyed the interview and that you have gained some new insights into leadership. I hope that you will listen to the other podcasts in this series. A new podcast is being published on the first of every month. You are also welcome to join us on Facebook. There is a group called Research in Leadership in Schools, Early Childhood Settings and Social Care Settings. If you just type in the name of the podcast in the search field in Facebook, you will find the group. Once again, thanks for listening and bye-bye.